When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World and for Midday Madness. Keep you in touch with the last quarter of this Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers game. And it's 16-12. So it's San Francisco who lead. One minute gone in the last. And finally, they've uh, the kickers put one through. So... A bit of relief for Cowboys fans, 16-12. to 12. Mitch Cleary's going to join me, Channel 7 AFL reporter, journalist, been around for a long, long time, been studying the game for a long, long time, can't wait to tap into his brain, given he's been looking at what's been happening in the last couple of weeks since training's been back. Uh, and I love talking some AFL. We had Kingy on last week, and we'll be doing it a little bit later on the program with Isaac Heaney as well. Keep your texts coming through in the meantime. Um, Dwayne, this India series that they can win for the first time since 04 will define the careers of players like Smith, Warner and Kawaja who are near the end of their careers. I don't think they would want to interrupt preparations just to play in a meaningless BBL final. Um, maybe they wouldn't, but I guarantee you they wouldn't be calling it a meaningless BBL final if you asked them. Um, and I don't think it is meaningless. I think in the context of Australia's cricket progression, in the hearts and minds of people in Australia. I think it's a pretty big finish we've got coming up to the BBL season. And if you had Smith, Warner and co playing, Kawaja, Labashane, it would make a huge difference. Another one here. Um, I agree with Andrew. I'm losing a bit of interest in the cricket. wonder if there are too many channels and options now contributing. Well, there's certainly different options when it comes to your sport viewership. Uh, You've got so many different things you can watch these days outside of just the old staples of tennis, and cricket. I mean, the Tour Down Under is on at the moment, and there was a massive TV audience across the weekend, and lots of people in Adelaide for it. So it's become a huge event, has always been a huge event in Adelaide. Obviously, it had its hiccups, uh, and COVID gave a lot of sports a hiccup, but it's become a huge event. We've got Formula One coming up as well. The Spring Carnival's massive, so you've got a lot of things taking your eyeballs off the cricket and tennis, which were once the things that got all of our eyeballs. Mitch Cleary has got all his eyeballs on the AFL landscape, and he's been good enough to join me, Channel 7 journalist. Welcome to you, Mitch. Great to have you on. Good afternoon, Dwayne. Good to chat to you. Where do I find you? And I know what the answer's going to be, but uh, it's it's going to be a, a nice couple of days for you. Heading down to Lawn, actually, just peeled onto the ring road towards uh, towards the surf coast. Might actually be driving past your place very shortly, Dwayne. Uh, I'll give you a wave. Derm normally, normally gives me a call and... Waves on the way through, so uh, I'll, I'll give you a wave. It should be nice down there. The weather's pretty good. And so are they staying at Mick Moldhouse's house or at Brian Taylor's? Uh, Moby Moore BT. I think he's uh, put up a little bit of uh, new accommodation on his property recently, BT. I don't know how he'll go housing 40 or so, but no, the pies are down in the, the surf coast for the next two or three days. We're heading down there this afternoon for a training session and to speak to Darcy Moore. So... 
I think it might be a little bit early to have him announced as the Collingwood captain, but keen to get an update from him on his bone infection that, he, that landed him in hospital before Christmas. He's slowly easing back into training now, and um, he's a big watch heading into the season as to how he'll be prepared heading into round one. Do they seem like a solo captain kind of club to you, given the success of Scott Penelbury for so long? Do you think they'll go one out, whether it's more or not? I think so. That's been their, their traditional model in recent times, haven't they, with, with Maxwell into Pendlebury. But I don't know, Craig McRae thinks outside the, the square a lot. Braden Maynard uh, and Jack Crisp are sort of two outside chances that, that maybe you could see them doing the, the Richard model and, and having like a, a Grimes and a Nan Curvis. But if I was a betting man, I'd go the solo option. I think Taylor, Darcy Moore is probably the favourite ahead of Taylor Adams. If Jeremy Howe, I think Dwayne was a couple of years younger, I think he'd be right in the mix. But just now into 33-34, it might have just gone past Jeremy Howe a little bit to be the captain of Collingwood. Were you surprised North went with two? Uh, not not overly. I think Luke McDonald and, and Josh Simpkin were the two leading candidates. Um, I know there was a strong push from North fans and, and people around North to have Josh Simpkin as sort of the next wave and, and be the captain for the next six, seven, eight years in, in one hit on his own. But I think Luke McDonald has been an incredible citizen for that footy club and um, probably of the two brings the more serious side of things. Jai Simpkins probably more of the player's captain, whereas Luke McDonald will be able to do probably everything off field and, and probably be that, that link between the footy department and the playing group, which is always a strong trait to have when it looks at the modern-day captain. So oh, I think the model will work at North Melbourne and, and you might see Jai Simpkin take the take the reins on his own right maybe in, in three or four years' time. So you've been hunting the story, everyone's been hunting the story as to who might take over from Gil McLaughlin. Um, I presume that given Benny Gale hasn't got it and Tom Harley hasn't got it and even those at AFL House at the moment that were contenders haven't got it. Are they looking for someone else? I still think the internal candidates are leading the race in terms of Andrew Dillon, who's been the, the long-time legal counsel at the AFL and now oversees football. Um, I still have him in pole position for the job ahead of Travis Old. I haven't heard of too many strong considerations from outside, and, and including clubland like a Brennan Gale. Tom Harley was sort of a name thrown around early. Given his age, you know, in his 40s now, Tom Harley, he was the same age, Dwayne, that, that Andrew Demetrio and Gillian McLaughlin mm. were appointed. Um, but they were internal candidates at the time and, and almost in a position of, um, you know, a, a succession plan, if you like. So the AFL hasn't had that. Andrew Dillon, although it might be seen as a succession plan, hasn't really been in that type of position like Gil was all those years ago. That's a long way of my answer of being, I think Andrew Dillon is still the favourite for the position. Unless, unless there's a late contender, um, I think Gil's has put his hand up to say, I'm happy to do the role for a little bit longer to get them through you know, a turbulent time around the Hawthorne investigation. Um, he's kicked off the pay, the, the, the broadcast deal, but then you've got the AFL players pay deal. You've got Tasmania still on the horizon. So it's still a bit to tick off that maybe he's dragged on a little bit longer for Gill than he would have liked and, and probably had handed the reins over earlier if all those things had been sorted. So do you think he'll stay until the Tassie deal gets done or do you think he'll see the year out? He, he said gather round. Uh, in round, what's that, five or six when yeah. the AFL moves to Adelaide for the week. That's his timeline. Obviously, nothing's set in stone and there will always be a chance that's moved. But I think we have to take Gil on his word that he'll be staying until round five or six of the season, which, what's that from now, three or four months? I think that's enough time to, to get the pay deal done with the players and, 
and get a bit more of an idea of what's happening with Tassie. I think Tassie really now is in the hands of the federal government with Anthony Albanese um, as to whether he's going to tick off that 250-odd million that Tasmania's asked for him to tick off in, in terms of the federal funding. So I think the AFL have all but agreed that should the stadium get to where they want it to, that they're happy to, to put a licence in place. I think those handshake agreements, and I think Gil said as much before Christmas, that, that in principle that a deal is there, just need to have the stadium, which is a, it's a big hurdle right now for the Tasmanian government to get over. You're driving straight past the Cattery, so no inclination as to who their captain might be. You're not going to drop in and get that story? <laughs> We'd love to hear that. The captain originally, Dwayne, always announced it at their season launch, so not that they've had a captaincy change in recent times with their leadership group, so I think it mm. might be a little bit of a slower burn at the Cat. Um, I'd have Tom Stewart as the favourite there, but there has been a bit of a push for Mark Blitzarves and then Paddy Dangerfield and everything I mentioned earlier um, in terms of the off-field and the, the commercial aspects. So much more than just an on-field captain now that goes into it. Um, I think he has to be a consideration as well. So I think they'd be the podium right now. Um, but Tom Stewart has been, I guess, the, the heir apparent um, for, for Joel Stoward for, for probably the best part of 12 months now. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if it was Paddy Dangerfield. Where do you, where do you sit on that one? Um, well, we had a texter last week saying it would be Mark Blitzarves. Um, we've had a few different texters saying that they've got the story. Um, I would put Patrick Dangerfield in for two years. That's what I would do. I think he doesn't mind facing the media. I'm not sure. If Tom Stewart wants it, absolutely, then give it to him. But I'm still of the belief that a midfielder is a better guy to have the captaincy than a, than a key defender. I've always thought that. So, you know, that brings, you know, Mitch Duncan always into play as well. So I'll be more inclined to give it to Dangerfield, even if it's just for one year. I don't mind if it's not a long-term captain. If he's the next guy in the, in the link and it's not going to affect anybody else in terms of their own preparation. Um, I think it's going to be good if Danger gets it, but uh, it might not be Danger. What about um, Hawthorne? Is it going to be Sicily? Oh, I think Sicily is the out-and-out favourite there. I, I, yeah, I, I think he's the, the, the one that you could almost pencil in right now. I can't see too many others outside of him taking it. Um, yeah, there's been a little bit of a, a chat around, like, you know, the young, next wave of guys like Dylan Moore and, Jarman Impey taking on more leadership, but um, if the Hawks are going solo, which um, you'd think they have and, and would understand Mitchell, uh, I think James Sisley is the guy. Especially after Tom Mitchell and Jago Amira left, they, they've sort of filled that vice captaincy in recent times, and um, both of those guys depart. I think Sisley's uh, well out in front on that one. And while I'm talking captains, will Dane Zorko and Nat Fife retain the captaincies at Brisbane and Frio? I don't think neither are certainties at all. Um, Frio with Fice's body, do they, do they let him sort of sit, take a, a step back and, and get his body right rather than one less thing to, to worry about? You know, is it time for Andy Brayshaw? Is he still 12 months off? I think that's what Frio will have to weigh up. But I think that one's certainly up in the air. And then and Brisbane, absolutely the same. Do they go for co-captains of the Lions and get in someone like a Harris Andrews or a, a human cluggage? Is it time for them? But I... Yeah, I think Dane Zorko as a solo captain um, is far from a certainty heading into this season. And Essendon's the other one. I had a few callers last week saying Sam Draper would be great, but is it unlikely <laughs> to be him? Is it Zach Merritt? That'd, that'd be nice for a bit of exuberance out of the Bombers. I think Heppel is unlikely to be the captain. I think it's just a, a good time now with a new coach um, to bring in a new leader. I don't know about you, Dwayne. I'm probably split on whether it's Zach Merritt 
or Andy McGrath um, out of those two? Do they go co-captains? Does Heckle retain some sort of co-captaincy potentially? Um, but I, I think Essendon's looking towards um, a, a shift of, of leadership at the top. So we've, well, I've been trying to ascertain who's playing who. We found out from um, Lenny Hayes last week that St Kilda is probably going to pre-season, pre-season game, maybe at RSEO Park against either Essendon or Melbourne. Found out from Geelong that they're headed to Brisbane, we understand. Uh, we found out from Adelaide as well they're heading to the West Coast. When, when is the actual pre-season comp fixture going to be released? Yeah, it's a good question. It's it's usually done only a month after the, the AFL season is done, but we haven't got it yet. So this year is going to be a bit of a different look in terms of the formality. Given the extra round of the home and away season, there's just going to be one game in the first week of March for a, for a formal pre-season game. So that one you've just mentioned there, like the St Kilda one at Barrett Park and, and Geelong going up to Brisbane. Then clubs will have the opportunity, as they have in recent times, to sort of arrange their own match practice type you know, it can be six periods. It can be, you know, reserve seniors. They can clubs can sort of do their own whatever they like. I think that'll be in the week or two prior. So, sort of in that last week of Feb or the week prior, um, the AFL had been working towards an Indigenous All Stars game against a multicultural team, but they've put that on the back burner for another twelve months. So, I think clubs are, are just taking this extra chance now to get a bit more. Um, but they'll get the one formal match practice, then they'll get the extra game or match practice they'll get against another team. And with the extra game of the home and away season, we're back into it earlier. So mm. um, clubs, are, I think, needed to be a bit more sharp heading into this season, come round one. And, um, yeah, they'll, they'll take an individual heading into the season. A couple of texters laughed at me when I suggested it, that if St Kilda play Melbourne or Essendon at RSEA, you'd, it'd be a sellout. They might have to fence it off. Um no, it'd draw a huge crowd, I, wouldn't I it? I think they should sell it out. Absolutely. They've got the new Danny Frawley Centre there with, well, probably 1,000 to 700. You know, there's probably 700 to 1,000 seats there. Um, they always get a decent showing in a pre-season game at St Kilda. There's a bit of hype now with Ross. And, no, if it was two Melbourne teams at RSCA Park, I, I think they would sell that out. They'd, what do they fit for the AFLW? Mm. Three, four, five thousand? I think they'd fill that pretty comfortably. Yeah, I reckon. Max Gorn's hamstring, how bad do you know? Still waiting, exactly. Uh, he did it on Friday morning and they told us that he was getting scans on, on Saturday or Sunday. So I haven't got the official word out of Melbourne. It sounds like it's a standard one, three or four weeks, but I'm waiting for the official word out of Melbourne. It won't hurt him come round one if that is the case, but it does hurt you in terms of match practice and just that continuity given what they're doing with Brody Grundy. So it's not the best of timing for the Demons. And, um, yeah, they'll be keen to get him out there as quick as they can. Any other injuries floating around that uh, have, have alarmed you when it comes to being ready for round one? Uh, Tom Lynch at Richmond's been a slow burn. He had a clean out around his plantar fascia in the off-season. That was November-ish, and he hasn't rejoined the main training. I caught a glimpse at Richmond this morning on my way. Uh, just, just driving around around the Richmond precinct, and he was still on his own. I spoke to him last week, and he's hoping he should be right for round one, but... Um, players will always say that. So I think he's a bit of a watch heading into round one. Tom Lynch, just as a matter of how much high-end running he can get. He's only running it probably 50 60% at the moment. Sam Walsh at Carlton is a watch to own. Um, he was only running last week. What was that 26, 27 days after his back surgery? That, that's a great sign for the Blues. I think he'll be trying to push into play inside the first month, which is, which is a great sign given you know many thought he would play sort of, you know, back end of the season. Um, so that's a good sign for Sam Walsh. 
Max King is ticking along uh, to Kilda. He's been on and off the track. Um, he's super important for Ross Lyon uh, in his first season, given, you know, if it's not Max King, it's probably left to Membry and, and Cooper Sharman and, and these guys in attack. So he's pretty critical. Um, yeah, it's, they're sort of the main ones. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure we'll keep an eye on, on training. And Darcy Moore, as I mentioned, with his bone infection, how much training he can get into his body um, for round one. He's sort of on his own little, you know, designated program at the moment. Any other stories floating around I need to know about, Mitch, before you tweet them in an hour? Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, the other one I should mention, Dwayne, is the Bulldogs. Rory Lobb had an ankle injury yeah. last week. Um, and Adam Traw with his ankle... Bailey Smith as well. They've been on sort of individualised programs. So, a couple to keep an eye on at the Bulldogs. Um, but no, I'm, uh, I'm looking at the road for the next hour and a half. Uh, might have to tune into a bit of Midday Madness uh, for the rest of the trip down to Lawn uh, and uh, check out what the Pies are doing. Yeah, you can always give us a call under another name, Mitch. Uh, just uh, a lot of people <laughs> do. <laughs> Great to have you on the line. I really appreciate your contribution. Uh, who, who have you got winning the flag before I let you go? Who's your, who's your Jan 23 tip? I'm going to go Brisbane. I think what they did in the off-season, uh, they've broken the MCG hoodoo. Dunkley's a great addition to that midfield, takes some pressure off Neil. Hopefully Ashcroft can have a similar impact to what Nick Dacos did in his first season. And, and honestly, in terms of what Brisbane need, I, I would say Gunson is the same, if not more of an upgrade on, on Dan McStay in terms of hitting the scoreboard. So Brisbane, if they can get the other pieces with um, their key backs, which is a bit of a watch now with Marcus Adams, probably out for the season. Um, if they can just get Darcy Gardner and maybe a Jack Payne to stand up in defence, um, I think Brisbane, with the MCG hoodoo off their back, um, I think they should feature pretty prominently at the end of the season. Enjoy Lawn. Weather looks good, Mitch. Uh, and if you get up to BT's, just uh, get up to his pool. I think you can see New Zealand from his spa. That's how high on the hill it is. So uh, enjoy it. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> Mitch Cleary joining us, Channel 7 journalist. Great to have a chat about footy. Take a couple of your calls. 1-300-736-736 is the open line number. 1-300-736-736. Open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. You can send through your text as well on the 40 Winks Temper text 0433981116. Send through your text. I'll read out a heap of them. Uh, quite a few coming through, Dwayne. Um, I think the tennis crowds are a bit like F1 crowds. They are there for the event, not the sport. Many don't see a ball get served live. Brett in Bacchus Marsh, and there are a lot of people who go for the festival of it, and I can understand why. I go to the Spring Carnival more for the festival of it as well, and the, the Formula One is epic as a festival. Um, keep your text coming through. I've got a few more I'm going to read after the break as well. You with Dwayne's well.